Welcome to Bossy Pants and the Nerd. We're Mel and Kevin, and we're going to chat with you about our passions, what we've learned, and what we love. Also, we're married to each other, and you get to listen to us talk. You are welcome. It is... It has been a long wait. I, I had someone who's asked me the other day. They were like, hey, Kevin, you, you you released that teaser episode like two months ago. And you said, hey, we're not dead. It's OK. There are two people waiting for these. So and there are like at to... least two people that have asked me. Got to get to it. Man. How so... many have we recorded? We would like to reco- record all six. Yeah, before. we record them in batches of six. And we try to do one a week. But a bunch of stuff happened in our personal life lately that just... You'll you'll hear about you it. It's fine. By the time this podcast comes out, you you didn't want to hear us talk about things and be all depressed about what was changing. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, if you know us, you probably already know, and that's great. If not, I don't want to be the one to accidentally spoil it while on the podcast. So we're just going to blow right past that for now. <laughs> How many have we recorded though? Like- this is the fifth. So one more, and we'll start releasing them. Okay. All right. I mean, and then I got to record the little bop for the beginning because we did that little guitar riff. And then we did that little bass riff for season two. I don't know. I think I might have to do like piano for season three. I don't know. Ooh, we'll that see. could be fun. Maybe I could do piano. Maybe I know how to could. play the piano. Hey, you know, we'll just set up a microphone and on the piano and you can just jam for a second. Okay. It'll be great. All right. So what are we talking about today? So today we, uh, I haven't named the podcast episode now. Um... I, I, I think like some type of topic like how 90s ska radicalized me um, <laughs> is probably kind of the thing. But, but really, we're taking a left. Well, not a left turn. We're just zeroing in on a specific topic that makes you a nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I think a nerd is somebody who like can really loves something. Like A nerd with, is someone who nerds out about yeah, something. Like, like I could talk about this for way longer than anyone it's cares so to listen. Yeah. And so that, that, that's the definition of a nerd. You can be a nerd for things that are cool. Yeah. Or you can be a nerd for spreadsheets. And I am both. <laughs> so, if you call Scott cool, is this Which one everyone of the cool should. Okay. So this is one of your opinions. Absolutely. This is an opinion. All yes. Right. So let's start out by... First of all, defining uh, ska. Yeah. So ska music is what you take if you take like 90s punk rock music and you add a bunch of jazz instruments. Swing. And I feel like it's swing too. Some of it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's somehow both swung jazz music and punk rock at the same time. <laughs> why ska? Do we know why? I honestly don't know. Let's Wikipedia I don't that. know. I, we, we should. Maybe we'll, we'll enter something <clears throat> later here. Um, but yeah, so like, if you could imagine like a band that gets together and they're like, Hey, you know, I really like that kind of rebellious in your face attitude of punk music, but like, what if it had a trombone or three? What if it was like listening to a jazz band, uh, with like a jazz band, but instead of like mellow lounge music with women draped over the piano, what if it was like the attitude of rage against the machine, but jazz music, that is true. That is, uh, before we get, you know, taken off the air for taking uh, copyright music, that is from the W's from back in the that day. That is. That was on WOW 99. The Devil is Bad is the name of the song. You can look it up if you want. Okay. WOW CDs, if you really were raised in, like, evangelical Christian home as a teenager in the 90s, you had WOW CDs. And I had WOW 99, and I felt so cool. And if you were lucky, there was one or two songs on there that actually had a beat. Yeah. <laughs> There was also, uh, 
He loves you cheeseburger with a Oh, yeah, yeah. And there ain't nothing gonna tell you to. Okay. Deep cart from VeggieTales. Yeah, right I there. used to that think was... that it was he loves you cheeseburgers with olives on it. Oh, no. That would but be. But now I know it's all his heart. All his heart. <laughs> there ain't nothing gonna tear you two apart. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, yeah, so like, so Scott Music, I, the reason that I, I liked it initially was there were these cool older kids. When I was a Bible quizzer, the older cool Bible quizzer. <laughs> yeah, that laugh is appropriate. Talking about, speaking of nerds. Speaking of nerds, the older cool Bible quizzers. Uh, I think that... you're a cool Bible quizzer if you own that it's nerdy. Like, like that's okay, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can go with that. I think that's it's, fine. I think it's okay to say, like, yeah, I'm obsessed with this thing. And it is totally nerdy. Well, and now <laughs> as an adult, I get to win all the church arguments because I have half the Bible yeah, memorized. And, and winning church arguments. Winning church arguments cool is what point. makes you cool, right? Yeah. What's, what makes you a good Christian <laughs> right there? Winning arguments. The true path to Dripping Jesus. sarcasm, folks. Dripping <sighs> sarcasm. Are we, though? <laughs> so, <laughs> the cool Bible quizzers. Mm-hmm. Who, who were these cool Bible quizzers? Uh, yeah, Just Isaiah and Diz, if you're out there. Um, who? I, Isaiah and, like, Diz. And Diz. And Mike. Okay. They and were like, Mike. Okay. Yeah, like, they were they were the cool guys. They they were the high school Bible quizzers, and I was just a ninth grade Bible quizzer. Like, I was a low on the high school totem pole. Mm -hmm. And they they knew they were worldly. They, they were watching Shockwave movies online before YouTube was a thing. I was like, what's Shockwave? Oh, I remember. Yeah, right? Like, all your base are belong to us. That They introduced me to that. Or Bulbous Buffont from Dr. Demento's Basement Tape. Oh, These really? are some is serious deep cuts. It? That is exactly Bulbous where I got Buffant, it. Bulbous So anyway, I, that's a whole lot of references that nobody's going to get. And yeah. if you get it, you're going to go, oh, I totally forgotten about that. Because it was fairly forgettable. There's tens of people that... Yeah, there are know. dozens of people on the internet that remember that. Um, but yeah, no. So like they got me into it. And they gave me the Upbeats and Beatdowns album by Five Iron Frenzy. And... Um, it's it's hilarious because there's there's two kind of parallel tracks here. Okay, did they give it to you and they were like, Kevin, you need to know this, or were you like, I really like this music? They, they were playing it, to you, it on like... the bus because we had this giant like decommissioned school bus that we drove to Bible Quizzers, which right. is so punk rock. Right. <laughs> um, so we're on this bus and they're playing music, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. On their Walkmans, be... right? Uh, yeah, they we all had portable CD players with skip protection because the bus right bounced a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I was like, this is a really cool song. And they're like, well, here. And then they handed me a pirated disc of uh, Five Iron. Because... I almost just sprayed my I'm I'm sorry, Five Iron, if you are if you happen to be listening. Um, but my first album of yours that, that is, I listened to was pirated. That's pretty punk rock. Right um, yeah. I did buy it eventually. I went out and yeah. I bought it later. Um, I do own, the, I think, their entire discography, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, back in 1997, they released their album. Nice. Right? Um... And the funny thing is, I feel like Five Iron Frenzy and like a lot of the Christian ska scene from that time and Rage Against the Machine <laughs> <laughs> actually had a lot of overlap yeah. in that they were bands that had like a, a big following in their circles. Mm -hmm. They were very political, mm -hmm. but no one realized it until they came back and released newer albums like 15, 20 years later. Or maybe some people did realize some it. Some people did, didn't. but a lot of people didn't. I mean, I didn't listen to this music at all until college. And then even, I know a bunch of Five Iron songs now. Right. But I had, I never, I, yeah, <laughs> I never 
listened to the lyrics and understood until recently. Like, right. So unless you're like politically minded and desiring to put up a fight or resist, if you're like in any sort of progressive minded, like, hey, we need to, <laughs> we need to abolish systems of injustice. We need to be a part of upholding good and stick it to the man kind well, I mean, of thing. Like, and there's a reason that Rage Against the Machine, the name of their band is Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. Like what machine do you think they're raging against? Mm-hmm. So like Rage Against the Machine, some of them members of their band came back and they re-released new albums as a band called Prophets of Rage. Mm. And a lot of people were like, oh, cool. I remember them from high school. I'm going to go get their new album. And then Prophets of Rage releases this like very blatantly political, progressive leaning album. Mm-hmm. Which is, frankly, just like their old stuff. Yeah. But then everyone got all mad about it. They're like, oh, I liked them back before they became political. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but if you go back and listen to the stuff they were producing when we were all in high school, they were just as political then. You just weren't paying attention. Right. And I feel like the same thing happened for Five Iron because they released all these kind of blatantly political albums, but we were all too young to really fully understand what they were saying. And then they came back and they released two more albums, one right before and one after Trump was elected. And like they continued to not hide how they felt about capitalism and how it's ruining society. Mm-hmm. And everyone went, whoa, why isn't this the fun bop ska band that I remember from high school? Because there are some just like... Because I mean, there are some even... insanely weird songs. Like Where Is Micah is a song about or, like them losing Micah all the time. Or uh, Blue Comb 78. Blue Comb 78. Like or... a song literally about a kid losing his comb. But at the same time, like you start to sense a little bit of a metaphor to that song. But, but yeah, there's metaphor. Even like Dandelions, there's like lots of theology in all of these songs. Yeah, too. yeah. And so like the, that's that's kind of the issue <clears throat> is that when we were younger, we didn't necessarily catch it. But like literally, track one <laughs> of their first album starts with, "While well, some cowboys were riding, riding on the range, the grass is overgrazed there and spotted like some mange." So we're in line two, and they're already talking about how the arrival of white cowboys in the West is ruining the environment. Mm. The buffalo were dead there, and the trees were all were through, and if they saw some engines, why they would kill them too. Those are the first four lines of the first song of the first album that Five Iron Frenzy released. Wow. You know, and so like the first line of the chorus is West or bust in God we trust. Let's rape, let's kill, let's steal. We can almost justify anything we feel. I'm climbing up that ladder, more brownie points for me. I'll work my way to Jesus, just you wait and see. Oh my gosh, my my chin is literally dropping. <laughs> I don't think, I can't remember how this song goes. I don't know that this is one that I, right. it's I know, like, but these lyrics are, these are blatant. They're not hiding anything, no, yeah. right? Like this is track one. And they're right. Like, right. read Jesus and John Wayne. Read. Yeah, like, uh, and so... So, like, I thought about titling this album or this podcast, How 90s Ska Radicalized Me, because, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I listened to in high school. You were, like, 12 years old. And I, at the time, I was 13, yeah, mm-hmm. like, when I first heard their first album. And it's, like, now all of a sudden, here I am, years later, going, like, well, yeah, I do, of course, believe that. Like, we did kind of ruin everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're... <laughs> It's, it's like this is like against colonialism, right? Yeah, it's anti-colonial. It it doesn't it decenters the white experience, and it, yeah. it points out exactly how we used violence to get what we want. And the evangelical, uh, and how evangelicalism somehow enmeshed itself 
with the American dream mm -hmm. or vice versa. Yep. And how, you know, to be a good Christian is to be a good American and to take over everything. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, you know, you, you fast forward to, like, when they released their most recent album, oh which goodness. I kickstarted both of their new albums because, That's you know, a lot of lyrics. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, there's a lot of lyrics. And so unless you learn all of their songs, it, it could be easy to miss because behind these really cutting strongly worded lyrics about how white people came and raped and pillaged the natives <laughs> are like these really fun and trombone and saxophone and trumpet riffs bass and yeah and so like the bass line to these songs is is really solid and mm -hmm. i love i play bass myself and so i i love the bass mm -hmm. line and that's what initially got me interested in the band well, and you played sax in high and school i played jazz sax band. in high school jazz band so like there was a lot of personal like music musical interest and mm -hmm. in what they were doing on the music side of things um, and then they accidentally converted you. And then they accidentally you? converted me to being a progressive Christian who, like, you know, can't stand what capitalism has done to our society. Yeah. So, like, this is one of their their songs they released, the song Renegades. And it's like, y you look through, like, these lyrics and you're just like, oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. When was this written? This was written, uh, they released, what, 2018, 2019? Was, this, was it even more recent than that? Was this was after, because that... The first paragraph is reminding me of... It was after Jan Trump. January 6th. 2021. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was. This after is after the insurrection of January 6th. But yeah, so, I mean, it was at least in 2021. I don't know when they wrote the song. It's possible they wrote it before January 6th um, and then just released it after. All right, so read. But like, so lobbyists are mustering as Congress filibustering, procrastinating, delegating, and multitudes are suffocating. Let the bullets sing. Oh, let freedom ring. A rerun for the next school. Dismantle it for minuscule. Another senseless tragedy is blotted out for apathy. From the trading floor, they watch as their profits soar. So sing you myths of laissez-faire. Close your fists, you billionaires. Hide behind your forefathers and close your eyes to our sons and daughters. As we whisper lullabies, Jesus Christ, don't let them die. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, so like you can see the, the theme there is basically like you've got Congress and lobbyists and companies and everyone who has money and power is essentially just like, you know, it's another school shooting. It's fine. You know, let's let's not change anything. The congressmen are concubines for lobbyists who feed them their lines. Yeah. Who Frankenstein some pantomime, some crying over Columbine. Wow. Right. Yes, your capital it swarms with cannibals. Wow. <laughs> so it's like it's one of those things. Oh wow, it references Sandy Hook. It does, yeah. Wow. And the son of God, you call him Prince of Peace. You want worshipers to make your sales increase. And the son of God, all clothed in his righteousness, you want his followers, but not the pacifists. You want your ledgers black. We want our children back. Yeah. And that last two lines there, you want your ledgers black. We want our children back. Mm -hmm. That Those two lines right there are like a high point for this song. Like they hit some power chords and there's a mm. lot of like, there's a lot going on there to make that. Like that's the line. Like that's what the song and that's what the album really is like about. you care about money and we you want care about money we want kids our kids alive. safe yeah yeah All like kids. that's that's the choice that's being made here yeah is that you know capitalists and people who make money would rather make money and keep power than make our kids safe and as long as that's happening we're going to be angry and we're gonna we're gonna put some fun trumpet riffs in the song but y'all better look out because this is not okay mm -hmm. and judgment day is coming basically like the the amount of like sarcastic critique scathing sarcastic yeah. critique 
You know, and all they have to do is take the lines you actually hear from people like Mitch McConnell, who's mm-hmm. a dirtbag, and just play it in context. And everyone goes, wow, that is a really crappy thing to say. Yeah. What can... Okay, so the, the... I don't know if this is the chorus or what. It says, renegades, we'll be tearing down your barricades. Renegades, hear the riots from your motorcades. Renegades, huddled masses, storm your palisades. Renegades, make your fortune while daylight fades. Uh, are They're referring to the... Are, are they... They're not calling themselves renegades, right? Like, they're... Like, what is... Who are the renegades? They're, cla- they're basically claiming the mantle of renegades. And, you okay. know, like, if... Again, Five Iron, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> you, you never know, know. Hopefully I'm not getting this all wrong. But, like, it's claiming that mantle. Right? Like, there, there's, like, there's gonna, like, a day of reckoning coming. We're going to stuff down. And not even necessarily, like, a personal threat. Yeah. But just that that's what happens when power starts ignoring and abusing the people mm-hmm. is that eventually there's a reckoning and it all comes crashing down. Right. Well, and I mean, they name pacifism. They name, you know, so it's it's not like we're calling to arms like, yeah, you know, it's not like Trump, Trump before January arms. 6th yeah. going, hey, I lost the election. Let's grab some like torches. Right. You know, like it's more of just an observation of history like this just. This happens. Like, this is what happens. And I, I feel like when you get to this, the spot where these musicians are in, or you or I, I don't, I don't know how you can see these things, know these things, know this about history, have your eyes open to this, and not want it to change. Right. Being a Bible quizzer, like, my favorite thing to do is anytime someone comes to me like, well, you know, I just think that politics and religion should be separate. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, is whether or not we have food stamps as a government program, is that a, is that a political thing? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, how about health care? Is health care and decisions about what we do as healthcare as a country, is that a political thing? Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what about taking care of people who, like, don't have enough, like, clothing or or water? Or what about in prison? Like, what do we do about, you know, incarceration? Yeah, Those are all stuff. government and political mm-hmm. things. And what I just gave you is literally a list of the only five things that, that Jesus, Jesus said. ever said mm-hmm. would separate people who claim to follow Christ yep. from people who actually follow Christ. Yeah. Because in Matthew 25, he says, and he goes, hey, sheep and goats, sheep over mm-hmm. here, goats over here. And the goats go, I, what, what are you talking about? We called you Lord. And he's like, yeah. But when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Mm-hmm. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me something to drink. When I was hungry, or when I was sick, you did not heal me. When I was naked, when you I didn't was clothe na- me. You didn't and when I was in prison, prison, you didn't visit me. Mm-hmm. So like, because you don't take care of the people who are hungry, thirsty, sick, in prison, or naked, right? I don't know you. Get away. And I don't it, care. Yeah. And now I know, I know that because we've had this personal conversation, and I say we, but mostly you, have had these, but I have too, had these conversations with friends, family members, fellow colleagues in ministry and who or just random people on the internet who vehemently disagree the church should not get involved in politics. Mm-hmm. There we this is not about uh food stamps. This is not about uh housing. Right. All the funds. typical disengagement. I like the way the system benefits me. Please don't upset the apple cart kind of crap. So why like what is the argument on the other side and why would you argue for what you believe you want me to make the argument for why we should be political yes because inaction is heartless and apathetic and it makes you a disingenuous follower of christ at best Mm -hmm. or a selfish non-follower of christ at worst Mm -hmm. is there a way to do 
Like I'm thinking most churches don't actually do anything about these problems. Like we might give money to missionaries. We might give money to, sure. you know, homeless shelters. We might, but we're not actually clothing. We're not actually doing these things ourselves. Uh, right. Are and, here, there... and here's the cool part. Yeah. Churches do not have to recreate mm -hmm. everything within the walls of a church. Right. The number one thing keeping churches from being able to help people is that they're unwilling to help people unless mm -hmm. fill in the blank. Unless you come into our church. Unless you come to Unless our church. We're or, not going to give you money until you've taken financial peace. Which, by the way, is also crap. We're not going to take you... We're not going to give you food unless we know that you... Yeah. Just gonna... to be very clear, Dave Ramsey has no support from this podcast. And <laughs> if you have any of his stuff, you should burn it. I mean, I have a few of his things, but I only like, you know... Yeah, sure. If you like the little envelope thing, then that's fine. Yeah, I But the entire the attitude that he has where, hey, every Christian should be filthy rich and then you can give the crumbs to the poor is just completely antithetical to the gospel. And I don't know how he even pretends to be Christian, much less have support from evangelicals. Okay, so when he, I mean, I've, is that a different perspective that he's had recently? Like, no, he's always been that. I mean, or save as much as you can so you can give as much as you can as well. Yeah, that's a nice way of saying, I want you to be rich and you can give your crumbs away. Mm -hmm. Because if you're giving as much as you can, you wouldn't be rich. Mm. But it's not evil to be rich either. No, but it's really hard for a rich man to get into heaven oh. because it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things where like, no, having money is not sinful. Mm-hmm. But there are so many sinful ways to keep money. You cannot serve both God That and money. you should probably yeah. just sell everything you have, give it to the poor. Right. Yeah. Because that's, you know, what Jesus So, said. I mean, I... And I like doing what Jesus says. I've heard arguments <laughs> all over the place from, you know, my own... When I was pastoring, from our own board, from fellow pastors who are like, hey, yeah, we can't just... You know, people call all the time asking for help. And mm -hmm. like, how do you decide how to whether or not to help them? Well, Is like, there money in the bank? Then you help. Right. And that was... That's as long as your decision needs to we take. We mostly at, at our, the former church didn't have money in the bank. So I oh, didn't no. have help. But I kept a list of references that I could refer them to. Mm -hmm. But there have been other churches and or organizations I've been a part of that certainly have the money. But still don't help because they know it'll just get squandered. And well, quote, does, unquote, no. They don't know that. Quote, unquote, know that it will just get squandered. Right. Yeah. Or maybe they're just going to buy drugs. Or maybe they're going to buy alcohol. You don't look like me, maybe, so I don't trust you, like, is you, what that means. Yeah. You, right. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. That's racism. Right. If you don't look like me, or if you're not in my social class, it's either well, racism or classism. Say, it's one of the say, other. Or there, you know, there could be white people who are not in my social class. Sure, yeah. but it's racist or classist right. to say that I know you're not going to handle this money well. Right. As if, you know, the fact that we vote against universal health care doesn't bankrupt more people than any other cause in America. Right. Tell me that if you get a brain tumor, you can afford to pay for those surgeries. Nobody on the planet can. Right. So either we take responsibility for our neighbor and we take responsibility for our sick neighbors and we go, hey, if I pay 5% more tax and everybody gets free brain surgery, how in the world is that not Christ-like? Right. You cannot make an argument from scripture against universal health care. Right, I challenge you to try. I'm even thinking like, you know, well, I they don't manage their money well or I, you know, whatever arguments, but like God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Like... 
God pours out so many blessings on me that I don't deserve. So why wouldn't I pour out so many blessings regardless of what, whether or not somebody Because deserves? if you pour out blessings on other people, then you have less for yourself. Oh. That's the only reason. Right. That's the only reason to hoard anything. All right. So let's... What does that look... What does all of this look like beyond... Like, because all of what we just talked about is just, you know, ideals, mm -hmm. um, f philosophical. What does this look like in our actual practical lives? You and me. I mean, like, it means that, okay, if this particular friend is listening, I honestly don't hold this against you, but it's a really good example, and it doesn't have to do with money. So it, it has to do with, you know, if a friend calls you and says, hey, I have homework that's due at midnight, and it's 10 p.m., the prevailing churchy attitude would be to say, well, you didn't manage your time leading up to this, and if you'd managed your time better, you wouldn't need my help, so I'm not going to help you to teach you a lesson. Mm -hmm. That would be the churchy attitude. The Christ-like attitude would be to like, hey, you need help. I can help you. I'm happy to help you because you are my fellow human being and every person deserves help. Right. And you're, I mean, the scarcity mentality would also say, well, I'm not going to get enough sleep. I'm not going to have enough time to do what I want to do. Right. It's not convenient the for generosity me to help you with your mentality. homework at 10 to 12 p.m. Right. But it's the Christ-like thing to do. And or, so I'm happy to do it because it helps you. Right. Or we, uh, I mean, this practically looked for us like, a friend at church who had no, like, very little to no income and didn't have a car and had been using public transportation for months and months. Which takes forever. And Which is great that, like, I love the public transportation around Absolutely. here. But especially when this person has to work on Sunday and it's an hour bus ride from one mm -hmm. spot, it takes five hours for him to get to and from work to do, like, a 20-minute check-in on a Which patient. Which is insane. So... I was like, you know, we have two cars in our driveway. Neither one of them is great. We buy old kind of clunky cars. Right. And, but Kevin, you work from home. We're not, I mean, it will be inconvenient sometimes, but do you want to just let him use this car until he can, because they're going to get this payout. Yeah, the details you know, don't matter. matter. They but were going to have, they were going to have money and they were going to get a car shortly. We didn't know how long it would be. We didn't know if anything, he could destroy our car. He could get it, <laughs> you know, it, Things could happen. Like, right. there's a lot of ways this could go sideways. Mm -hmm. And, like, we intentionally... We were not being ignorant to those problems, but we chose to n not make them the priority. Like, right. we didn't care. We said, Which we is have, more important, protecting my possessions right. or helping We have something. We're going to help somebody with right. it. And, and it, it should be that simple. Yeah. And th there was many times where it was inconvenient. Like, every Sunday morning when I leave for church at 7.30, and you guys don't have to leave until 9.30, mm -hmm. like, do I walk to church? Do you drive me to church and then drive back? Do we all go early? Do we, you know, yeah. what do we do? We have one car. And it was inconvenient. And sometimes you didn't get to go disc golfing because I had to be at a meeting or whatever. But you said at one point, like, okay, as a generosity and sac sacrificial giving should it's okay that it's a little painful. Like right. it doesn't, you don't have to be like a martyr about it. Yeah. But like, it's okay. This is part of the process. Yeah. Like I was prepared for doing all this, like by listening to five iron back in the day. Cause they were like, look, you're kind of a dirt bag. If you have the resources to help people and you don't. Right. You know? And so I mean like, <clears throat> good night. And so like, okay. I just want to touch on one more main issue here. Okay. Cause it's gonna be one of our longer podcasts, but I'm okay with it because it basically like, <laughs> The Gospel of Ska, maybe, is a more appropriate <laughs> way of titling this episode. Because it, it really is a more holistic way of looking at what the good news really is. Mm. 
The good news is not, oh, good, I'm not going to burn in hell. Mm -hmm. Now I can go get rich, yeah. Dave Ramsey. The gospel is not, oh, good, I did everything right. Now I can tell everyone else that they should be like me. Mm -hmm. Hello, white supremacy and, mm -hmm. you know, classist behavior. <clears throat> but instead, it's the good news is that God's help is there for everyone. And if I'm going to be like God, then my help needs to be available for everyone, too. Mm -hmm. And so here are all the ways that people who claim to follow Jesus are completely off their rocker, insane, and drunk on selfishness. Mm -hmm. And this is all the ways that it's, you know, completely incompatible, hypocritical, and terrible. You know, and so like one of their one of their songs that they put out on their most recent album is called While Supplies Last, <laughs> which I love so much because it's that scarcity mentality, right? Like oh, yeah. people try to sell you stuff by going, hey, we've got this sale on, A you can get this time cool stuff while supplies last. And I'm just going to read the first one lyrics for you. It says, you're offended at the wrong thing, brother, and you're burning all your bridges with hate. You fell asleep while Jesus stayed up weeping, while the Pharisees were plotting our fate. Yesterday was peaceful. Now your verses are deceitful. Now your congregation's writing the store. It's mutiny on the beagle, more affluence for the eagle. When you're out of food, you'll just eat the poor. Wow. Hiding behind your masks while the supplies will last. And like verse two, like as if they weren't pulling punches oh already. Goodness. It says, did you waste your prayers protecting snipers while you hoarded all the Lysol and diapers? Save us some profits for your cadre of vipers because your God only favors survivors. If you vote to stop abortions, damn the pregnant girls and orphans, blame the decline on the LGBTQ. Offer platitudes, not portions. Then your rancor is your fortune and your poison is what's poisoning you. Wow. Like, literally coming right out and saying, like, hey, here are all of your pet little culture wars that you think are important. But when push comes to shove, you're unwilling to help the people who need help. And that poison is what's going to kill you in the end. Yeah. Because the more you think in this while supplies last scarcity mentality bullcrap, like, you're going to fight these stupid culture wars. You're going to alienate the people you're trying to actually help. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be completely your fault when the name of Christ is mud. Wow. Right? And so, like, they end the song with this bridge that I, I stink and love. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He says, you said we all deserve this for not forcing kids to pray while your party loots the earth and you tell us that Jesus saves. You're ignoring half the gospel wearing clothing made by slaves. You never rendered unto Caesar. Now you, you fear the fever, fear the bottom dropping out of your stocks. You voted for the devil. Let that narcissist embezzle. And you put the hen house in the mouth of the fox. And fox is in all caps. Wow. Meaning they're like straight Probably up saying, like, here's Trump, here's Fox News, mm -hmm. here's your fear over COVID that you just let drive you absolutely <clears throat> insane. And you're saying that we all force this, we all deserve this because we didn't force kids to pray in school anymore. Mm -hmm. Like you use culture wars as a distraction from the actual gospel issues. Mm -hmm. And if we would actually take the time to read what Jesus said about how we should treat other people and then go do it, our churches wouldn't be big enough. But as long as we're hiding behind this bullcrap scarcity mentality, well, I'm only helping people who deserve it, our churches will stay empty and they'll start closing. And it's going to be our fault. Yeah. It's going to happen on our watch and we will have no one to blame but ourselves. Yeah. I I remember reading recently a question, what what is good news to your neighborhood, to your yeah. community? And it changed the perception because I hear good news, I hear gospel, and I can articulate the gospel to no matter who you are. Yeah. Like good I can, news, you're a dirtbag, but Jesus can help. Well, that's not <laughs> what I would say. But in terms of Jesus, I, I can describe the gospel of Jesus to you. 
But when I think of Jesus came to to bring whole life, mm-hmm. to wholeness of life to our communities, to the flourishing of our neighborhoods. I think of the wholeness of Jeremiah 29. Like that's what God wants for his people is for his people to become a plant themselves in a community and become part of its flourishing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what is good news to my neighbors? You know, and I think exactly everything you just said, like that we wouldn't have to worry about medical bills, that mm-hmm. my kids would have enough food on the table, yep. that that when we put out food to share with people, there would be enough to go around yep. that, you know, that there would be housing for everybody. Well, and... Look at all of Jesus's miracles. Yeah. Did he ever fix someone's house? <laughs> no. He... Could he have? He got a room. Yes, absolutely. Somebody, I mean, somebody but what broke he, into a house. But what did he spend time doing? He spent time healing people. He spent time feeding people. Mm-hmm. Like those were like basically all of his miracles. Mm-hmm. So why in the world is the church not solely focused on deliverance from evil spirits, meaning the things that oppress us, mm-hmm. feeding the people that are hungry, and healing the people who are sick. And not what else yeah. is there that Jesus did while he was here? And I think exactly what you said before: the church doesn't have to rewrite, re, like start all of these organizations within itself, like nope. a local church. And you don't have to join only churchy organizations who are doing these things. Like right. I think the whole thing is to find who, where is there good happening in our mm-hmm. neighborhoods? Like all around us, there's like. People put out little food stands at the end of the road and they're like, here, free food. Mm-hmm. And or here's, you know, people are composting. People are, right. you know, I, I'm picking up trash, you know, and yeah. find the the thing, the little good things that are happening and celebrate them and be a part of them, regardless of what flag they have flying in their window. Right. Even if they have a Trump flag, Jesus I, still loves them. I was them. like, do I still believe that? <laughs> do I still believe what I just said? Yeah. Okay. If you're doing good. You're doing good. Yes. And it is not. Yeah. I, I could preach about this for forever, but we're not going to because it's been it's been 34 minutes. Yeah. This is a long podcast. That's OK. But it's OK because I could keep talking for another like couple well, hours. Maybe we could do a part two. A part two. Part two of why the evangelical gospel doesn't like doesn't actually work. <laughs> maybe we should do one on the gospel and or Jesus and John Wayne. Maybe we should. I'd have to read the book first. Oh, though. I listened to it. Yeah. Got it. That's OK. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And we hope that it has upset you just enough to challenge you to read the words of Jesus and change how you're living. And go buy the album Until This Shakes Apart by Five Iron Frenzy, because it is that good. You said we all deserve this for not forcing kids to play while you're partying.